how am I doing? Well, I didn't win Powerball. I'd probably still be doing the show if I did win Powerball. No doubt about that. But Mega Millions is still in my sights, still in my sights. As you know, I've been doing my daily picks every day to uh, see, you know, just just a, another way to keep things fresh, try something new, see how good I am at making picks. Um, I'm not doing too bad. 12 and 8. 12 and 8 over the first 20 days of 2021. A winning record is always a good thing. I can't believe I lost yesterday, which I'll get into later about tr- my dilemma of trying to figure out, you know, what the deal is with the home court advantage for teams in the NBA, not having fans, what they play, what that plays into it. The trends from the previous seasons that I have observed or, you know, did my research on to see if I'm on the right track with it or not. There's a new European Super Soccer League that UEFA is trying to get started. A couple of teams are looking at and FIFA's like, "Uh uh-uh, we can't let that happen. And I've got my thoughts on that. But first, we're going to start with the National Football League. Two great games on Sunday, and already I missed the Saturday-Sunday games. I mean, you know, as the season is winding down, you start to get a little more bummed out when you realize, oh, man, that means less and less and less games up until the Super Bowl, which is, you know, the game everybody is watching and got their eyes glued to for, if not the game, then the commercials and what's, you know, the pomp and circumstance around halftime or whatever. But we got two games on Sunday, the Buccaneers against the Packers at the Packers. That game is at 3.05. The line started at minus four, and now you can get it at three and a half, minus three and a half for the Packers. On DraftKings, minus three on FanDuel, and Bet Rivers and Unibet are also minus three and a half. And then following that game at 640 is, is the expected kickoff time. Bills at Chiefs. That line start out at minus one, favoring the Chiefs. That's now going to minus three across the board. DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers, and Unibet. And as I look at both games and I look at the betting and, you know, the the trends of where the money is being bet, the stats that are also a factor in this, the actual stats, we're going to start with the betting. So far, as of today, Literally got this email. This is from DraftKings. The Packers are getting 71% of the handle. 72% of the bets are for the Packers. The over-under, you've got 76% of the handle, 75% of the bets, bets going with the over at 51. Money line at plus 50 for the Bucks. 40% 40% of the handle is going towards the Bucks. 44% of the bets are going to, towards the Bucks. Minus 75 
at 60% of the handle is going to the Packers. And of course, at 44% of the bets are going to the Bucks, and 56% is going to the Packers. So most people, you would say, okay, they're going with the Packers. They're going with the over. And again, on the money line at the Packers at minus 175. But the thing for me, when, when, when I look at that, you also have to recognize, right? You have to recognize that going into, going into the game between the Bucks and the Saints, we know where the money was going, right? The money, of course, was favoring the Saints. And I mostly bring that up as a way to say that can you count out Tom Brady? As much as you want to say, well, it's easy to do it because it's Aaron Rodgers too, I get that. I do get that. But at the same time, if you want to tell me that Drew Brees isn't at the same level as Aaron Rodgers, I'd almost say you got to be crazy, right? You almost have to be. As we stand here on the 21st, It's the 21st day of the 21st uh, century, 21st year, which is bizarre. 21, 21, 21, 21, 21, 21. So for anybody who's in the math, there you go. You got a lot to work with there. But I just... That's where my head goes to when I think about where we are with deciding, or rather where I am in trying to make my informed decision of who I would bet on. Because in the end, you don't you don't want to count out Tom Brady, right? You just don't. I, I really don't know how you could. Why would you? And in my mind, looking at the Saints and Bucks, I would be curious if we would be I'm surprised that number isn't more even and what that has to do with. Because in my mind, as I talked about it on Monday's show, it's in many ways more about the cold weather. That's what would concern me more than saying it's that Rodgers is better than Brady, at least in this situation. You've got the seventh ranked offense, in the Bucks versus the fifth-ranked offense in the Packers, the sixth-ranked defense versus the ninth-ranked defense. 
the main weakness for either team is rushing for the Bucks. They're ranked 28th. That's not good. And as uh, on the chat, it was pointed out to me, which, by the way, you're welcome to join the chat if you would like to. We'll talk about what you want to talk about on the chat. But the Bucks beat the Packers 38 to 10 earlier in the season. I don't, I would love to say that doesn't have anything to do with it because I don't necessarily think it does in the sense that this is the playoff, so it's different. But at the same time, even in the playoffs, that was a regular season. I would say that this is different. They're playing in Green Bay in cold weather. And although Tom Brady, at least, you know, maybe some some other players did on the team. Obviously, Antonio Brown played in cold weather. Brock played in cold weather. But, you know, that's been a stigma that's been with any warm weather team going into a playoff game against a cold weather team. But there are some trends to think about. One trend, teams that defeat a team by 20-plus points in a regular season and then face them in a conference championship are 13-3 and in rematches, 4-0 in the last 10 seasons. So when you see everyone leaning towards the Packers, there's one ding right there. And I'll say, well, I don't know. NFL.com analysts are saying that the Packers have a 56% chance of winning with a predicted score of 28 to 24. The more I'm talking, I feel like I'm leaning more towards the Packers. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. This is... The first time that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers will be meeting in the playoffs. So that's something there. What What is that dynamic going to be like? You know, I imagine for even the best athlete, you get up for these games, but maybe you get up too much. You could be nervous, you know, going up against Tom Brady. That's a possibility. That's definitely a possibility. Um. Because if I look at last week's game, the Packers played well against the Rams, but the Rams, in my mind, were not a very – they just weren't a very strong team. You know, come on. How many times did you did anyone look at across the field and you look at Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff and you say, yeah, this is an even matchup? I didn't. I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. And if you look at New England... They have somehow, if you think about all of the times that they have played in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have never played each other. And that's something to think about. 
Tom Brady 6-0 with 16 touchdowns and one interceptions. One interception since the Bucks week 13 bye. And Aaron Rodgers is 1-3 with six touchdowns, seven interceptions, and four career NFC Championship games all on a row. So he's playing at home. That is another first to think about. It's just something to think about. And after all, that's what we're doing here, right? You're trying to make an informed decision on what team to pick. Green Bay, 14 and three straight up, 11 to six against the spread. Have They've won 15 of their last 16 meetings at Lambeau Field. And the Bucks are 13 and five, 10 and eight against the spread. And the crazy thing is Tampa Bay has done better on the road than at home. The defense came up big against arguably the most powerful or best offense in the NFC. So from that perspective, if you look at the fact that they forced four turnovers by Drew Brees and they weren't all his fault, I don't know. I think that line and and the, the percentage of handling bets are going a little bit leaning a little bit more towards the Packers than I thought it would. I look at that line there, that three and a half, and I think it's going to be a closer game. I'd say it comes down it comes down to a field goal. And of course, that's why the line's at three and a half in some places. Maybe need to jump on FanDuel and get that three. Three and a half is coming up short if it comes down to a field goal to win it. But that's what I think in that game. Second game, we've got Bucks, excuse me, Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored at minus three. They're getting 62% of the handle, 51% of the bets. The over-under at 54, it's even 50-50 on the percentage of handle, 47% with the over, 53% is a percentage of bets taking the under. At plus 38, the bills are getting 64% of the handle, 68% of the bets minus 157 36 and 32% respectively I think that this game is harder to make a determination on because you don't know what's going to happen with Patrick Mahomes Buffalo is 15 and 3 12 and 6 against the spread the Chiefs have not done well against the spread. They're 6-10-1 and 15-2 and on the season. If I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen in this game, 
You've got the number two offense against the number one offense, Bills and Chiefs, respectively. 14th and 16th ranked defense, respectively, Bills and Chiefs. Everything is even, even the passing game. The Bills rank third, Chiefs rank one. Rushing, Bills rank 20th. Rushing for the Chiefs, rank 16th. Their last meeting was in October. The Chiefs won 26-17. But I think, as you may also say, as this game's in Kansas City, that was a different game. And if Mahomes is not 100%, then that will definitely be a different game. The Bills have won eight straight games, including this playoff victory, tied for the second longest streak in franchise history. You remember earlier in the season, you know, people started to talk about Jim Kelly. This was that kind of a Bills season when they referred back to those Bills teams that went to four straight Super Bowls. And Josh Allen is looking like a legitimate quarterback. The Chiefs' last eight wins have been by six points or fewer, including this playoff victory over the Browns. So as I mentioned, they're not doing well against the spread. But at the same time, at minus three, I actually think that this game will not be that close. If Mahomes plays, I see them getting a six-point win. That's my gut talking. If he doesn't play and it ends up being Chad Henney, I see the Bills winning by four, like a score 24-20, something like that. I know that, you know, talking about the over-under, you know, at 54, I said 24 to 20, that's 44. 53% of the the bets are going with the under at 54. The Chiefs have scored 22 points or fewer in three straight games. Their offense is not what it is was earlier, or maybe even want to say last season. The Bills are 4-2 and two in franchise history in the AFC and, and AFL championship games, if you want to count those. They've won four straight when they've gotten to this point. Since 2017, the Bills have allowed 18 points per game versus the Chiefs, the fewest by any team to play two-plus games versus KC in that span. Obviously, Alex Smith was for part of that. This is the third straight AFC championship game that the Chiefs will be hosting, which is NFL history. And these offenses with uh, Stefan Diggs, On the Bills, on the Bills, he's he's just amazing. He's just amazing. You have Tyreek Hill on the other side. You've got Travis Kelsey on the other side. 
It's going to be quite, quite a game, but I don't, I expect that the, or I feel that the, the game between the Packers and the Bucks will be closer than the game between the Bills and the Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes had a limited practice, so he still hasn't had a full practice yet. That will be interesting to see what happens there. Um, no, the Bills didn't score a lot of points against Baltimore at home, which is, you know, something to think about as well. I thought that Chad Henney made some good throws at the end of the game, but there's one thing when you have a short, a small sample size to pick from, you only have what three three series that he was under center. I loved how he ran for that first down. That was tough. I think it will help Henny if the who's been a bright rookie in Clyde Edwards Hilaire comes back in the running back position. Sammy Watkins comes back. They're both listed as questionable, but if they can come back, I think that helps the Chiefs. But the status of Mahomes. Everything rests on the status of Mahomes. And it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It really will. We shall see. We shall see. So, as you know, we're here on the Props Network. And we really appreciate you watching here on the Props Network means a lot to us. We're growing. We're, you know, building. We're building. And I would take this time again to thank you all who have been watching on the live stream. For those that have been subscribing to not just Just for Sport, but subscribing to the Props Network channel and watching our other offerings in the Walk On with Joel Walkowski. NBA picking props with Dexter Henry and the guys. You know, there's a lot that we at the Props Network offer as far as NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, betting news, analysis, and picks. We got a lot for you. And I hope that you can uh, continue to support, share our content, leave a review when you uh, feel so inclined and have an opportunity to. We appreciate that as well. We do. And thank you for supporting us so far. All right, we're going to switch to the NBA. And the thing for me is I'm trying to figure out what's a home court advantage. I made my pick last night, and I thought it was a really good one. I really did. It was Heat at Raptors. The Raptors have won four straight. They were, they, they were, if I remember correctly, this was the first or second game in a five-game homestand, and they were favored at minus three. Miami ended up winning that game 111 to 102. And that got me to thinking about home records. And 
in this era, and the same thing could be said for multiple sports, right? We've got NFL, we had MLB, which had limited fans, NHL, NFL did have some fans, actually it will be some in Kansas City and at Lambeau Field. So there is somewhat of a home field advantage there. But in the NBA, when I looked back at the records, and we are talking about the home road standings in the records. This season so far, there are only three teams, especially if we're looking at the top teams, that have a winning record on the home, at home, and on the road. Three teams. The Boston Celtics are one. The Los Angeles Clippers are the other. Four teams, excuse me. The Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns. Those are the four teams. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it doesn't. The teams that did make it, the Lakers are 4-4 four and four at home, 7-0 and oh on the road. 7-0 and oh on the road. The Philadelphia 76ers are 8 and 1 at home but 2 and 4 on the road. The Bucks 6 and 1 at home but 3 and 4 on the road. The Brooklyn Nets 7 and 4 at home, 2 and 3 on the road, including what I thought was a really I didn't expect them to lose last night. I didn't. I really didn't. There were 11 teams with a winning record on the home at home and on the road. Why do I keep doing that? In 2019 and 2020, nine teams in 2018 and 2019, and 10 teams in 2017, 2018. Now, obviously, there are a couple of teams that are a game over 500 or right at 500 or below 500. But I am curious if that is something that is a thing. If you're looking at tonight's games, you've got on the slate right now, you've got the Lakers at the Bucks. That's at minus one for the Bucks. 73% of the handle is going towards the Lakers. 72% of the bets are going towards the Lakers. The over-under, we have more on the overside at 59% and 58% respectively on the handle and bets. And 80 and 72% of the handle and bets are going for the money line on the Lakers at minus 106. You got the Pelicans at the Jazz and the Knicks at the Warriors. And again, I go back to those standings. And I say, well, there is there really a home court advantage and i don't know if you get a better matchup than you do tonight you've got the bucks at six and one at home and the lakers at seven and one seven and oh on the road what could possibly be happening here a lot of the action is leaning towards the lakers to go eight no on the road And I am inclined to think so as well. 
in my mind, when I look back at the fact that there aren't that many teams that have a home and road winning record, If we just count it down the line, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams that have a winning record at home. One, two, three, four teams with a losing record at home, and then the rest are 500. Without the fans, I think it does make a difference. And as I talked about with Giannis before, uh, they did win the game over the Mavericks, but I chose the Mavericks based off of the odds that the game would be closer than it was, and I called it. But when I look at the Bucks, excuse me, I said Maver- I did do Mavericks, Bucks right, but I also got Nets, Bucks correct as well. And in both games, what I was witnessing is It's not Giannis who can have the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Surprisingly, what I didn't expect, but I guess you can expect in terms of the fact that he got the big contract, it was Chris Middleton and then Brooke Lopez hitting the big shots. I I do unfortunately feel that Giannis is still a liability. I don't fault the Bucks for having to give him the big, you know, extension. But even Giannis, if you listen to him, uh, I think it was either it was before he signed the contract, I believe, where he said, "Yeah, I don't mind taking a back seat to having a superstar because he knows he needs it." Chris Middleton, I wouldn't call him a superstar, but that may very well just be simply because in our minds, we think of a superstar who's on commercials too. But as far as the NBA goes, he's averaging 22 points a game, 6.3 rebounds, 5.6 assists. Those are decent numbers. Those are decent, really good numbers. And this isn't to discredit him, even from Giannis's point, but I also think for Giannis, it just doesn't seem like he has the game right now that he can put the team on his shoulders in crunch time because of his, you don't know what you're going to get in the free throw with the free throws. And he's not Shaq, who Shaq had free throws issues too, but you can give him the ball in the post and he can overpower anybody, you know, Giannis needs a Euro step to get around people. He's got the height and the lift. But you'll see tonight, Lakers-Bucks. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a really good one. But, of course, there are other games that are going on. And as I mentioned, we've got the Pelicans-Jazz. The Jazz are favored at minus seven. I'll take that. This is the second game that they played. You saw the first one. I think it will be more of the same. I don't think it will be different. 
I called that game. And I'll take that again. I'll buy that for a dollar. And Warriors hosting the Knicks. I'll take the Warriors at minus four and a half. Steph Curry still Steph Curry. I don't know what's up with Draymond Green per se, but I think it's more of a team effort and Steph Curry is where I would say the team is right now. That's where we're at. You've got some, you know, a good group around him. Eric Pascal, Brad Wanamaker, Kelly Oubre Jr., Andrew Wiggins. I mentioned Draymond Green. You got Kent Bazemore and James Wiseman. Seems to be Damian Lee. That's kind of like the rotation right now. But I'm taking the home teams in those two games. But of course, as I mentioned with the standings, when you look at both of those teams, the Jazz are three and two at home. And the Golden State Warriors are five and three at home. So I'm taking the home teams in those games. Was I right about the Nets? One last thing on the NBA. It's too early to say either way, but I do remember at the beginning of the season how after one game, everybody was so excited about how well Kevin Durant played with Kyrie Irving and oh it's so beautiful this team is going to be great and I think it was just too much hype and I think if you saw anything last night the defense it needs some help it needs a lot of help dare I say I don't even want to say that maybe Kyrie is getting old But I tell you what, Colin Sexton put a number on him. Wearing Kyrie's, by the way. Shout out to Michael Lee for that tidbit. Wasn't even thinking about that. But Colin Sexton was wearing Kyrie's. He was 16 of 29 for 42 points. Now, granted, Kevin Durant had a great game, 38 points. Kyrie Irving had 37 James Harden at 21. I mean, their starting five scored in double digits. But it was their defense that could not find a way to stop Colin Sexton. Now, of course, I don't like any point guard hitting 29 shots. I mean, I guess you could say he was hot, but I don't know. You got to keep the team, get the team a little bit more involved. Spread that ball around a little more evenly if you really, really want to win. I think this was a one-off. I would say it was a one-off for Cleveland. And they play again Friday. And yeah, yeah, I expect to see a different game. I expect to see a different game. I may even, I may even, that may even be my daily pick. Quite possibly. It was just shocking to see them lose the way that they did. It really was. But, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, when I come back, we're going to talk about FIFA and their battle with UEFA in a European, a new European soccer league. But first, thepropsnetwork.com is a place where bets begin. No, the Props Network is, isn't a sports book. It's where smart bettors and new players go before the sports book. Why? Because the Props Network has a few things that all bettors need. Exclusive sign-up bonuses, reporting on weekly promos, free betting picks, and live odds comparison for every game. 
A visit to thepropsnetwork.com before placing a bet guarantees that you'll be wagering with the best available bonus and getting the biggest possible payout if your bets hit or your bet hits. Maybe you only want to do one. But the Props Network isn't just another bonus site. We've also got great content. Follow Props Network on social media, YouTube, and Twitch for, uh, Twitch for updates all week from me on Just for Sport and the rest of the Props Network team. Get ready to bet with the Props Network today. You must be 21 or over to bet online. Do you or someone you know have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER today. So there's a story that has that came to my attention that for many times there have been documentaries, articles, you know, um, stories on FIFA and being corrupt and the money is not going to the players. There's a lot that I would say, you know, you can take it all with a grain of salt. And I also know that everything, as I say, as I have heard about FIFA and the the money that has been going as, as bribes, You've seen reports of that. You've seen reports of mishandling of money. And FIFA's being attacked. There is a new uh, European Super League that is brewing to replace the Champions League. And I don't quite know why you want to replace the Champions League necessarily. But the statement from FIFA says, quote, in light of recent media speculation about the creation of a closed European Super League by some European clubs, FIFA and the six confederations, AFC, CAF, CONCACAF, Bowl." C-O-M-M-E-B-O-L, OFC and UEFA once again would like to reiterate and strongly emphasize that such a competition would not be recognized by either FIFA or the respective federation, unquote. This, of course, means that any player at a club in this European Super League would be banned from international football. They couldn't play in the World Cup qualifiers, CONCACAF Gold Cup, UEFA Nations League, European Championships, Copa America. What is this trying to do is what I'm going to continue to read about and try to understand a little bit more But in my mind, it starts with shifting the balance of FIFA, UEFA, that feel that in many ways, the teams, the players, 
They want a bigger piece of the pie. The answer to all your questions is money. That's what it is. Could be just bidding. That's very much what it could be. Similar to how in the NBA, there's a basketball related income and, you know, splitting ticket sales and things like that. But at the same time, I do wonder if, does FIFA hold too much power? If you think about these individual tournaments or cups, they're just that, they're cups, they're tournaments. You know, even in EPL, you got the, you got like the FA Cup, right? And this is team saying, well, we want to play in a different kind of a cup. I hope that they, in the end, I hope that they're able to work out some kind of an agreement. Um, But from someone looking on the outside in, I would say in the end, my first inclination with this story was how many leagues are we going to have? Real Madrid was one of the clubs that was looking to start this new Super League. And it can get confusing trying to figure out, you know, English Premier League stops for a week so they can for they can play in the Champions League. MLS stops and they play in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. You know, it's a lot of different cups and championships and leagues that are all kind of intertwined. It's good for betting. Now the Super League would be good for betting. But to to threaten the players that they cannot play in the Olympics, boy, that seems tough. And my thing is they're going to play chicken. Okay, if you were messy... And Cristiano Ronaldo and all of the big players, if you had a union and you said, hey, okay, fine, we're not, we're just not going to play then. Then you have something. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um, obviously, right now, it, it's not necessarily affecting any betting. Um, but. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I'm just, I'm done with too many leagues, too many different leagues. So it gets hard for me to keep up. I'm going to end as I finish the show with a couple of tidbits that you can use for your uh, betting pleasure, just betting pleasure now for Sunday's AFC and NFC championship game. This is what you can get at plus 3,300. First TD, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, plus 4,000. Quarterback's tail of the tape is what it's called on DraftKings. You can get the over-under on passing yards at 275 and a half at minus 124 for Aaron Rodgers or the under at plus 100. I'm going to go with the under. First touchdown pass, I'm going to say it is, I'm going to take Tom Brady at plus 4,000. 
passing touchdowns, the over-under at two and a half for Aaron Rodgers. I will take the over at plus 145. And for Tom Brady, I'll take the over at plus 165 as well. Now, who's going to have more touchdown passes? I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers will have four. You can get that at minus 143. I don't know. Maybe it's going to be more of a ground game. See, that's what I do to myself when, I, when, I, when I'm trying to make a pick. I, I like go back and forth, and, and it, it, ugh, it bothers me so much. It does. Most passing yards, plus 100 for Aaron Rodgers, minus 124 for Tom Brady. I would take the over on Aaron. I said the under on passing yards for 279 for Aaron Rodgers. I'll take the under on passing yards for Tom Brady at 289. But who will have the most passing yards? I'll take Aaron Rodgers at plus 100 to have more passing yards. Although I guess you would say it's a chance it's going to be Tom Brady because his running game isn't anywhere near what the Green Bay Packers is. AFC Championship game, wide receiver tail of the tape. Stephon Diggs to score the first touchdown at plus 850, or you can get Tyreek Hill at plus 700. I think that Buffalo, if they are to win this game, they are going to have to go the way of Stephon Diggs. I like that at plus 850. Over 94 and a half yards at minus 112. I'll take that for Stephon Diggs. And the over-under on Tyreek Hill at 77 and a half. I think, again, that depends on, and actually saying for the first touchdown, depends on if it's Chad Henney and Patrick Mahomes. So I would almost hold off on a lot of this to find out if Mahomes is going to play or not. I would. I think I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to have to. But there's some cool boosts that you can get on DraftKings as well. That I think you might enjoy. I think you might enjoy. All right, that'll do it for the show today. I appreciate those of you that joined me. Thank you very much as I um, didn't change my captions there. Totally forgot about that. But I appreciate you joining me. Uh, It is the 21st day of the 21st year. And trivia today. Boston Celtics point guard Bob Cousy is a one-man show as the East wins the NBA All-Star Game 98-93 in overtime at Madison Square Garden. The game is tied at 84 after George Mikan. Wow. George Mikan of the West sinks two free throws at the end of regulation. George Mikan, so that must have been the Minneapolis Lakers. 1954, 121-1954. Kuzi, who has 10 points in the first 48 minutes, scores 10 more in overtime. Basketball's all-star game does not yet enjoy the popularity it will gain in years to come. Tonight's matchup is part of a doubleheader preceded by a game between two military teams from from Fort Belvoir and the Aberdeen Proving Grounds. Wow, that's interesting. Okay, Aberdeen, isn't that in Maryland and Fort Belvoir? I believe that's in, is that in Virginia? I don't know. know. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching or listening on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, Don't forget, I will have my daily picks. I'm going to have my picks for the AFC Championship game on Sunday, and my pick for the NFC Championship game will be Monday, my daily pick. That's what I'm doing. All right, everybody. Have a great weekend. Ciao for now.